Philosophy Guy number 10. Number 10, the double digit edition. Hey, folks, we made it. We made it past 10. Or we made it to 10, I should say. And yet to pod fade. Hey, I see a lot of episodes out there on Podcast Pickle or Podcast Alley that uh, have 1, 2, 3, 5. But we made it to 10. I guess maybe we could be considered a legitimate podcast. I don't know. Let me know what you think. Anyway, speaking of uh, the podcast Pickle and uh, and such, uh, in the past couple of uh, weeks, I've been really uh, spending some time on the forum at the podcast Pickle, and, and uh, one of the topics of, of late has been the podcast wars. Basically, if you haven't been on the podcast Pickle, it's, uh, it's a podcast directory and uh, and a podcast community and one of the features that uh, Gary P. Dilly Pickle does on the uh, the site is Podcast Wars. So far has he so far has had two Podcast Wars uh, one general podcast war and the second uh War was comedy genre podcast war. The first one, I don't remember who won uh, the first podcast war, but the second one was won by uh, the PK and J show, uh, which is a really good show, by the way. If you get a chance, uh, take a listen to them at pkandj.com. Uh, but anyway, the the next to- the topic on the forum was what was going to be the next podcast war and erica put out a poll and some of the uh options were if i remember correctly music cast regional casts serious cast uh, serious being you know those podcasts that deal with uh like either business or politics or something serious as opposed to something light and uh or or silly or music uh, so one of the things I suggested was, or was the region wars, regional wars being the, uh, you know, be the best podcast in the Midwest, so to speak. And you can do that if you're on the pickle by, uh, selecting what state or country you're from on your, uh, control panel. And if, in order to do that, if you're a podcaster, you have to have be out of the pickle. It's easy to do. Go uh, to podcastpickle.com and edge podcast. Uh, so anyway, enough of that. I promised uh, on the forums I'd add, uh, mention it on the uh, show. So I'll let you know next time what the, the final decision was. I think they're leading at this point to uh, music cast. 
War, so that should be interesting. I haven't spent a lot of time listening to music uh, casts, other than I picked up, listened to the accidental hash once on, uh, on Sirius, but uh, usually don't get a chance to spend a lot of time listening to music podcasts, but that may change in the near future. Next topic, Steelers win, Steelers win. Hey, yeah, I, that was a great game. If you saw the Super Bowl uh, on the fifth uh, of February, uh, I guess it it seemed like a home a Steelers home game to me. There was a lot of yellow towels moving around, uh, waving, and uh, it really had that Steelers home game feel. It was real. It was an interesting game. Usually, Super Bowl are are really anticlimactic. But this one was it actually a game? I guess a couple of things that uh, the officiating sucked. Uh, I I really, if you saw the game, there was a couple of things that shouldn't have been called, and luckily they went one went for the Steelers and one went for uh, the Seahawks. The first one was the Ben Roethlisberger touchdown at the kind of the quarterback sneak. He didn't have it over. I, I don't think he had it over. I agree with Holmgren on that That one. Yeah. He shouldn't have had it. Uh, that should not have been a touchdown in the, towards the end of the second quarter. But basically, if, if you didn't see it, what, what happened was it was a quarterback sneak. The, the call was that did he kind of push the ball the tip of the ball over the goal line and if that the plate of the goal that would have been a touchdown now it didn't look like he did it but when it got he got to the ground he pushed the ball over the line so kind of a Walter Payton-esque type thing I remember Walter Payton would always uh, uh, fall to the ground take the ball Extend it as far as his arm could go and then place the ball. I was like, always. And then the the, uh, the official would have to take it back at least a yard because he'd go, all right, you know, here you go. Here is where it fell. I'm going to push it up a yard just so in case you don't notice. But I think everybody noticed that one. The second thing that Second blown call was the hold uh, against the Steelers, where the guy was getting. I think it was in the third quarter. The Steeler guy pushed off and uh, caused. I can't remember exactly if it was a, a touchdown. I think it might have been a, allowed for a Seahawk touchdown, and it was hardly a hold. It was just more like a push off. So that one went against the Steelers I got to offset the one that went against the Seahawks in the second quarter now as far as uh, a couple other things Holmgren was an asshole I'm sorry but he goes in at the end of the second half he goes into the the, uh, locker room arguing with the official and then one of the uh, one of the commentators ask him, well, what, what was the conversation about? Oh, he shouldn't have been over. It's like, I'm going to myself. 
get out of the game that was five freaking minutes ago. I don't need to hear about that. Just play the game. And secondly, at the end, Holmgren had lousy time management. Lousy time management at the end of the game. He should have been pushing way harder in the fourth quarter to get uh, to get another score. I counter that against just the class act of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They went in there to win the game. Their defense was awesome. They won the game. They didn't whine. They didn't gloat. They celebrated. And uh, this was awesome. Jerome Bettis, congratulations on a wonderful career. I hope whatever uh, you do next in your life is equally as successful and it's a joy watching you play this year. All right, next topic. Bush urges end to cartoon violence. This is another one of these wonderful stories I saw on CNN. Muslim world has a false picture of country, says Danish Prime Minister. CNN, U.S. President Bush has urged governments around the world to help end the deadly violence sparked by protests over publications of cartoons depicting the Islamic prophet Mohammed. We're in a culture war, my friends. I don't... It is the war against the past versus the future. The past being the radical Islamic jihad mentality that wants to go back to the Middle Ages and the Dark Ages to a repressive nomadic existence. An oppressive regime where men are men, women are slaves, and they wear veils over their face. Versus the wonderful world that we live in. I don't know about you, but uh, I think our society is pretty cool. We have our faults, we have our warts, but you know what? We generally, for the most part, uh, wear our warts on our sleeves. In a free society, everything is open. As opposed to a medieval society where everything is closed and only those in power get to uh, get to do what they want. Otherwise, everybody else lives in fear. So I think it's a war against fear versus freedom. And one of the side little battles is this cartoon stuff. In a free society, we assume that we can say what we want. Now, I know political correctness would say that that's not true, but uh, in a free society, we have the freedom to say those things that we want that offend people. The Constitution of the United States gives me the freedom of speech. It also gives me the freedom to offend you. I'm sorry. If you don't like what I have to say, get over it. That is one of the wonderful things about this country. 
I can say something awful if I want. I try to self-censor because, uh, but fuck it. I could say, I can't say anything. Time, place, and manner of how I say it is important. But what I say, I have the freedom to say just about whatever I want. Obviously, that doesn't uh, jive in in the Muslim world, where if you if you do anything to the uh, disrespect the Prophet Muhammad, according to King Abdullah, anything that vilifies the Prophet Muhammad or attacks Muslim sensibilities needs to be condemned. But those who choose to should do it thoughtfully, articulately, and express their views peaceably. Uh, I think that last part was a throwaway line myself. So the culture war here is between freedom and fear. Okay. Whether that those battles should be in Iraq or Afghanistan or on the internet, you have to ask and answer for yourself is, where do I stand? Do I stand for the ability to say the, or the freedom to say what I want, even if it may be offensive, unpopular? Or am I going to say a regular living fear? That's choice. But yet, I am not an expert on cartoon violence. We have an expert on cartoon violence to give us a rebuttal. A famous cartoon character and actor, Mr. Elmer Fudd. This is Elmer Fudd, famous cartoon actor. I want to address President Bush's call to stop cartoon violence. Recently, President Bush has called for an end of cartoon violence. This will cause me and many of my cartoon colleagues gainful employment and deprive millions around the world of years of entertainment. President Bush should realize that cartoon violence is not really real. If this were true, there would not be anywhere near the amount of cartoons that are today. I personally have been shot, stabbed, steamwarned, cut into pieces, vaporized, decapitated, and anally probed with the live acne bomb, all to come back good as new in the next scene. President Bush, the real problem is not entertaining cartoon violence, but real violence by real assholes. I have no fucking clue of such simple concepts employed in cartoons as satire, comedy, and sarcasm. For those of you narrowly-minded assholes, I have one suggestion. Take a live acne bomb and anally probe yourself. Thank you very much.
disappear Somebody like you Somebody should Safe Music Network. That was American Heartbreak and somebody. To find more Podsafe music, go to music.podshow.com. Hey, we're back. A couple of things we want to talk about before we uh, end up tonight. Um, story out of Australia. Beer ice cream is lager than life. It's a perfect antidote for the hot summer's day. Not only will it cool you down, It'll help quench a real Aussie thirst, and it combines two of Australia's great loves, beer and ice cream. Executive chef Richard Park, 29, has developed a range of beer, ice creams, and sorbets at Red Oak in Clarence Street in the city using the 30 brews from his boutique beer cafe. In the few weeks since they went on the menu, favorites have already emerged, a raspberry flavor using the cafe's signature Frambe Formed beer and especially and a special strong ale ice cream. There then there's the chocolate ice cream which offers the double whammy combo of Belgian chocolate cherry stout with chocolate. Ooh. Other ice creams include oatmeal stout, honey ale and white peach beer blondes and lime, organic Hefenweizen, and rose petal. The beers make up about 30% of the ice cream's ingredients, but the figure uh, is 50-50 with the sorbets. Red Oak Cafe owner Janet Hollyoak says similar ice creams are sold in the U.S., but she's never seen them in Australia before. I've never seen them in the U.S. before. If any of you seen uh, beer ice cream, let me know. Back to the story. The innovation started with her brother David, a brewer and joint cafe owner. She said, He's been making beer ice cream at home for a few years, but in a very domestic kind of way. He brought them in for Richard to taste, and it all developed from there. The chef began using the fruit-based beers, Park said. I began doing sorbets, but went on to ice creams. Basically, the main ice cream components are eggs, sugar, cream, and beer. The most difficult thing is to get the right balance with the sugar. If there's too much, it becomes very bitter, but all the beers seem to work. It's just getting the right balance. Hollyoak said, Our biggest concern was to give an ice cream with a distinct beer taste and for customers to know what they are. But we did a taste-off a few days ago, and one of the girls picked every single beer. On Saturday, a group of three girls and two guys came 
about 11 p.m. after a night, a night out. Uh, this should be good. They stayed until midnight enjoying beers and ice cream. In, in last year's Australian International Beer Awards, Red Oak won 35 awards, many against overseas brews. David Hollyoke makes Red Oak beers from a secret formula at his brewery in the Camden area. The ice creams or sorbets are sold as a tasting tray of three for $10. Park says the challenge is getting people to accept you can make an ice cream using beer. Oh, baby, ice cream beer! Oh, die. I wonder if uh, Moe's will have ice cream beer, Homer. <laughs> Last topic, uh... The Winter Olympics started on <clears throat> yesterday, Saturday, in Turin, Italy. Uh, now the question is, does anybody care? <clears throat> I, I wonder that because I, I look at myself and, you know, when I was a kid, it was a big deal to watch the Winter Olympics. Well, uh, it was a big deal to watch any live sports event. Uh, you basically had three channels, four channels you had, ABC, CBS, NBC, and uh, PBS. And I remember like 72, 76, 80, even up to probably 84. Uh, the Olympics were always covered in prime time, live, or uh, sometimes live and tape delayed so they you know, could be prime time. Um, and I think the best coverage I've ever seen of Olympics, and, and this is going back a long time, was when ABC had, had the Winter Olympics and Jim McKay would be the guy who would do all of the skiing and then they had Dick Buttons. Oh, God, what a flamer he was. You know, my heart is in my mouth. Brian Boitano gets a perfect score. Those were the days of the Olympics. I think... Today, with uh, 150 channels minimum on cable, satellite about 500 channels, the internet, satellite radio, uh, sports packages that are like 9 or 10 or 12 or 15 channels where you can see English Premier Soccer in the middle of the night or the middle of the afternoon live. The Olympics are not a big deal anymore. I mean, I for the for for the athletes it is, but I mean for us the spectators who are oversaturated with sports, it's just not a big deal. Um, yeah, I'll, I may I haven't seen any of it yet. I may flip through, and if I find something interesting, I will watch it. But I'm not going to make an appointment. I won't TiVo a hockey game on, uh, if I had a TiVo. But, I mean, you know what I mean. I won't tape or TiVo a hockey game like uh, like we did in the 80s. It's not a big deal. I don't care. I probably won't watch it. But then again, I might. But I'd like to hear from you. On the forums, there's a question out there. Will you watch the Olympics? 
And you can find the forums at uh, Philosophy Guy, www.philosophyguy.net. Uh, click on the, uh, the new and improved homepage picture of the Philosophy Guy. And go to the forums section on the homepage, on the front page. They'll get you to the forums, and then from there, it's in the, uh, caf- the coffee house section where you can answer the question. Well, are you going to watch the Olympics or not? So I'm going to get out of here. Uh, get back to uh, uh, regular life. I think I'm going to go get a, uh, a lager cone or maybe a stout cone. Or maybe an oak oatmeal cone. I'm not sure. Um, but if you want to get in contact with me, you can call me at uh, comment line 206-309-7445. That's 206-309-PHIL. Or comments at philosophyguy.net. Or... Um, Leave me a message on the forum at philosophyguy.net. Have a lager cone on me. And remember, I'm the philosophy guy. A lovely little thing about a bugger when he's pissed. Time